rant has been brought to you by Roar Organic. Everything your body needs, nothing it doesn't. There's a reason they say variety is the spice of life. And with their new organic line comes the following exciting flavors. Georgia peach, blueberry acai, cucumber watermelon, mango clementine, pineapple mint, strawberry coconut. Ah! Roar Organic uses a proprietary electrolyte blend created with organic coconut water, organic cane sugar, and sea salt. It's non-GMO, vegan-friendly, gluten-free, no artificial colors or flavors, no preservatives, and no artificial sweeteners. Just 2 grams of sugar and only 10 calories per serving. Visit Roar.land and use the code REFEREERANT, one word, in the checkout and receive 10% off your next purchase. That's Roar.land code REFEREERANT. Episode 17, The Rant. Decorated flag football quarterback Brian Alfieri joins us. He's a Long Island Flag Football Hall of Famer, Southpaw Slinger, and flag football advocate, as he's been doing it for years. Five-man, seven-man, eight-man, nine-man, any which way. Brian discusses his love for sports, how he started in flag football, his passion that led him to the top, and his chase to lead his national team, the Bulldogs, to the 7-on-7 AFFL Championship this summer. All that and more now. Welcome to another edition of The Rant. I'm your host, Ralph the Ref, and I'm with a special guest today, elite quarterback, Brian Alfieri. What's going on? Hey, man, nice to meet you. Thank you. I have not repped this man in a long time, but um, I did have a pleasure to officiate him a lot of times uh, in the past five or six years. Um, I haven't done him in eight, man, but he always had a great team called the 49ers and then the Bulldogs, and that's what's going on now, man. How are you? Good, man. Uh, Mutual respect for uh, what you do out there. And I appreciate the time. I appreciate your time as well, man. So let's just talk about your whole journey of, of sports as growing up and, and where, how you got to that today. Uh, sure. I mean, I, you know, I played basketball predominantly in high school, college. Uh, I played at Briarcliff Division III. Um, flag football was just like a side thing uh, with friends and stuff like that. I actually saw um, an advertisement on a lawn, uh, Long Island Flag Football, when I was like 17. Um, and then just playing with my friends. It wasn't even like competitive, you know? And then after a while you start seeing, you start beating teams and stuff. And then it's like, well, how far can this go? Mm. So I can't even imagine a situation where it wasn't as serious. And now it's obviously has grown very serious. What got to the point where it was going for fun? And then now to the point where you started doing training and things of that nature. Yeah. Um, just different leagues. And then you, you see like, uh, all different types of, uh, players come into play, and you start seeing, oh, this guy played D1, this guy played D2, this guy played here, this guy played here, and you're playing with them, right? So, like, I've never played D1 football or, you know, D-anything football. Mm. Um, and then, you know, I was introduced to the guy who runs our Bulldog team now. I'm sure you're familiar with Chris Butte. Of course. Um, he came up to me in an indoor league um, when I was, like, 20, I'd have to say 25, 26. Was it the Sports Hub League? Uh, no, yeah, the, the NS Flag Sports okay, yeah. okay. Oh, no, actually, it was Long Island Flag Football in that sports I, I was doing that. Yeah, you yeah, did yeah, the yeah. six-on-six, five-on-five mm-hmm. stuff. Um, we were just still, I was still playing with my friends, and we were dominating, killing teams, and then this guy just came up to me out of nowhere, literally out of nowhere. He was just like, hey, listen, uh, are you interested in playing eight-on-eight? Eight? And I never played eight-on-eight eight before. I don't have friends that were linemen or anything. No, didn't really know no football guys. Um, and I just took that leap of faith, and I was like, yeah, why not? And then literally just formed, uh, you could say a dynasty. A lot of people say that from the 49er name. Now we transition to the Bulldog name because we're on a national scale. Um, but yeah, it was from 25 to now, it's been a super exciting run in flag football and especially how, 
how much it's blown up to be what it is now. Are you surprised that you kind of had a second life in sports that wasn't basketball, that wasn't your bread and butter? Yeah, yeah. A lot of people like ask me like, oh, you know, how did you get to play where you are now? Or, you know, did you have to do this or sign up here or whatever? And it's just like one of those things where just playing and winning. And then that just got me to the scale where we're at now. Out of all of the uh, different variations of flag football, the five, eight, nine, man, seven on seven that you play, um, what are, what is your favorite one? If you had to rank them, what would it be? Uh, I mean, I played five man so long. So compared to all the other styles, like I played five man from I was 17. I still play five man. So you're talking 13 years of five man where know the game, know the rules, um, understand what players you need to be dominant in that. Um, you know, so I, I have to say five man overall, um, but nine man, um, as far as a competitive scale with the type of talent that's out there playing across the country. And, you know, we just got back from Orlando. We won the national tournament in that, which was wild. You're talking guys that played in the NFL that are on our team, talking D1 guys that we played against. Um, so like as a competitive standpoint, nine man, because now it's like, you got to be your best all the time. Um, five man, we could put together a team and pretty much be dominant. Mm. And then that seven on seven, which is the professional league, um, I'm still learning in that. Literally played five or six games, so not not even a year under my belt in that seven. On, and that's why uh, it kind of pains me so much because of the styles of flag football. And then all of a sudden, now it's like, oh, seven on seven is the new professional league, and right. here are the rules, and this is go out there and play. Mm-hmm. I mean, we were pretty successful, but like, imagine if they said it's five on five, or imagine if they said it's nine on nine. It would have been a different game. Yeah, sure. like how much more different it would be, but. You know, it is what it is. The but that's fell. that's also a good lesson to learn only because when I think about officiating basketball, I do boys and girls, men's and women's. They're completely separate, different entities of different rules. And that's why I treat them as two different sports. Um, I officiate baseball. I officiate lacrosse. And you have to be a master of all of those different types of things. And, you know, even though it's a handicap for you in that situation, it probably was a good experience. Um, let's just talk a little bit about the differences and the main differences between five and seven and eight and nine. Sure. Uh, you know, five men is more, um, everybody's eligible, uh, smaller field. Um, I think it's 80 yards by like 40. Um, so you could get really all speed guys that go out there. There's no really not that much contact. Um, it's faster paced game, higher scores, stuff like that. Um, seven on seven is the stuff that's, you know, uh, the professional league that we play in. Um, pretty much same thing, but just on now on the wider field. So now you have uh, five receivers, a center that's ineligible, which they're trying to change that rule. Yeah, uh, and, and before you go on, I, I yeah. found that weird. When I saw Chris on TV and he just snapped the ball, and I'm like, he's not can do anything. He can't even be eligible. Catch, yeah, that's catch a awkward. Pitch. Uh, yeah, they, they're trying to change it. They're trying to tweak it. Um, you know, I spoke to the CEO on the side, uh, the guy Mr. Lewis, who runs the AFL, and he was saying he's trying to make it as as uh, comparatively to the NFL as possible as far as, you know, five guys going out for passes, like your five receivers in, in a seven-man coverage, which would, would be if they had four down linemen or something like that, and they give you, like, the three, the four seconds to throw or the two seconds to rush um, and get the throw off. But um, that's a little bit more, like, I guess closer to five-man because it's your receivers and there, there's no, you know, blocking, there's no contact really, um, and it's just on a, you know, a 100-yard field. Um, and then you go into the eight on eight style, the nine on nine style where there is linemen and, uh, there is blocking and there's different play calls and stuff like that. And you need different types of, uh, uh, players. Um, so that's a little bit more closer to, in my opinion, what real football is like, uh, especially the nine on nine, which is like full field, uh, full rush, uh, linemen, all that type of stuff. So, well, what's interesting is what you're saying is that, um, I'm, 
I choose to be a five-man ref. Now, yeah. Wes, over the years, has been trying to groom me to be an eight-man ref. And not to say that I, I've had many times where, you know, I've done a C field, I've done a B field, and I've held my own, obviously, because I know how to officiate. But yeah. for me, it's so much more of a headache, you know, because now you have to watch the linemen. There's contact every single play. And I'm talking about we have former semi-professional athletes, possibly yeah. professional athletes, former Division One players that have pride on the line. Yeah. Um, so I, I know you said that you really enjoy the competitive nature of it, but in terms of the pure, the pure athleticism and the enjoyment that you have as a quarterback, do you think that if it was more competitive on you know seven on seven and five on five that you would find that to be uh, something that you would favor over the the eight? Is it the only reason why you favor eight and nine because of the competitive spirit that it has? Yeah, because uh, the style of play to me, like flag football, is like. If you ask somebody, oh, what do you think about flag football? Right away, it's like a backyard sport mm. kind of thing, you know? Um, it's almost like if you want to go into, like, wiffle ball. Like, two-on-two wiffle ball is fun compared to if you had nine-on-nine wiffle ball. Right. But depending on the athletes and stuff, you could see why somebody would favor one over the other. Me, personally, I like the five-on-five, seven-on-seven style. Um, I like the, the fast pace of it, the scoring, all that type of stuff. The nine-on-nine is just... I become a different type of uh, and a different type of mentality, different type of player because of you have to elevate your skill. Because now I'm at not a disadvantage, but I never played at that level that mm. some of these guys played at. So like I'm going into it as an underdog mentality, as if I played five man. I go into it as this is you've been dominating. Yeah, that's just yeah. been dominating. It. So that separation from thinking um, you're just trying to fit into finally elevating and standing out on the eight man and the nine man level. How long did that take you? And what was your mindset to try to, I guess, replicate your success from five man to, to eight man? Uh, nine man. I've been playing for, this is going on my second year. So we've been pretty successful, but you know, that's granted to the team that was put around me. Um, the trust and the players that have in me from, you know, a lot of these guys, when they first heard of me, it's like, Oh, he only played five man. He right. might not be able to transition. Um, so showing that success and getting that done, um, you know, that meant a lot. So, Okay. Um, let's talk about, I guess, your long-withstanding relationship as refs, especially I wanted to hear when you were 17 years old because, you know, I'll tell you, this always happens without fail. You'll have a team, maybe not as much as experienced as you, but let's say they've been playing five, six years. So, you know, this normally happens. You get your ass kicked for four seasons. You finally steal plays from other teams and you start to realize like, oh, it's not about athleticism, right? It's about the angles, yeah, the nuances exactly. yeah. of different things. Um, so what was your relationship when you first started and you were wet behind the ears when you were 17 years old with the refs? Uh, always thinking that they were out to get me. Like, <laughs> like super immature. It's so funny now that you say that. It's like, uh, you know, the ones that stuck in my head. It's so, you know, you just... I mean, Lou, Lou, your your partner, Lou, he sticks in my head because he was there when I first started. Um, Mike and John were there when I first started. John Parisi? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, like, uh, I was definitely, if they had to uh, comment on me, it was probably, like, immature or always had something to say. And, you know, obviously that's just competitive nature, but that's also, you know, being 17, 18 and just wanting to, to win and, and thinking that, oh, if the ball was spotted here or if this was called out of bounds, like, because we weren't that good. When we first started. Right. So, and so you needed all that help. Just just in terms of your mindset. So when things didn't go your way, you never looked within yourself and said, we're the reason as to why things aren't going correct. It, it has yeah. to be the refs. It has to. Yeah. Be I mean, that's like everybody else. Like right. you, you look for somebody to blame. Mm. Um, 
but then over time, like you gain relationships with these guys and, and you realize that they're human, they're going to make errors and they're just out here and they're, they're enjoying the sport from a different angle. And, and then you just figure it out yourself. So. Yeah. And, and I'll definitely say to your point, um, I, I definitely don't go in there on Sunday morning thinking like, oh, I got the 49ers. I can't wait to screw them. Yeah. yeah. Right. Sometimes I have no idea. Sometimes right. there's a schedule change and I'm reffing who I'm reffing. But, you know, I always find it weird when somebody's saying you got to call it both ways because I, I really don't care who. Who's playing now? For me, um, I, I just have a personal uh, investment in trying to do the best that I can, and also trying to see the best competitive thing. And that's why I always enjoyed refing you guys. My fa- one of my favorite players to ref is Lupa yeah. and Carmine. Yeah. I mean, there was this one time. I don't know if you remember this. There was this uh, five man tournament. I, th- I think it was like maybe like six years ago. But you guys played the Clippers. Okay, he co- he did a uh, a back shoulder fade, and it was one of these tall guys from the Clippers, he kind of overran his route, went over him, and he kind of like, pretend if it was a defensive rebound, he yeah. grabbed the ball over him. Yeah. I don't know if you remember, he yeah. snatched it and put yeah. two feet in. I mean, that's a that's a thrill for me. Yeah, so, yeah, you know, awesome. like, as a ref, I don't want to see a blowout. I want to see something yeah. competitive like that. Yeah. Um, so, let's let's go back to when you were 25 years old. Yeah. You have already had that long withstanding relationship, and you've... You've turned the corner with you, with your relationship with officials. Yeah, uh, yeah, I would say like once we started like winning, um, which was probably like you know in the twenties, in my twenties, um, then like when you see the refs, it's more along the lines of like just the respect level of it. Uh, when you see um, Lou or you see John, you see Mike, you see yourself, um, you see Wes, you see Jimmy now. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just more along the lines of hey, listen, I, like. You're, you guys are going to ref the best games. We're going to be familiar with you guys come championship time. So it's just, you know, shake hands. And and I always say, like, now it's funny because it's like when I introduce myself to a ref, I'll always say, like, you know, how's it going? You know, and then when it's about to be game time, it's like, good luck. Like, good luck to you guys because God forbid you get put into a situation where you have to, uh, one call could change a game or not. Right. So that's that's what it means when I say that to somebody. So that's usually just how I feel. So what happens when you start to feel uh, the ref isn't as proficient as he should be based on the level in which he's officiating? How do you handle those type of officials at that moment? Um, that's funny because the only it's I'm more mature now, but like on the nine man scene. Right. Um, and the reason why I go there is because there are a few refs because there's line judges, there's back judges. They got six officials on the field. They got a head ref behind that's doing all the, the stuff that, you know, I have a good relationship with him because I always tell him to protect me from anybody that's going to hit me or whatever. Right. Um, but when there is something that's not right and we know it's not right, it's like we're all, you know, I'm 30 years old now. So it's like, hey, like, what are we doing? Yeah. You know, it's like, what what did you really see? So I respect officials that could come to me and be like, even if it's after the game, like, hey, listen, I missed that one. You know, that's on me or... I saw it this way, you know, this is why we went with that call. That's, I respect that more. So I have a little bit more of a level head when it comes to officiating. Mm. You know, I make the right call. And I'll say that I know for myself, there's been so many sticky situations, not not a lot of sticky situations because I feel like I'm pretty accurate when I make the calls, right? So, you know, for me, I I always try to strive for myself to be like 95% accurate. So if I mess up five times in a game out of a hundred, I feel pretty good about myself. Yeah. Right. And then I always think in comparison, like, you know, you might go 19 for 28, which is a good percentage, but it's not the same percentage that I'm aiming for, yeah, right? Yeah, 100%. So, you know, I know that sometimes when you're asking me, and you always ask me with respect, 
sometimes it's emotional because of the the situation of the game. Um, you know, if I say that I didn't see it, I would rather give you that because that's the honest answer instead of going, well, you know what? Yeah. And I've heard you say that to me plenty of times. Like, hey, listen, I really didn't see it. I needed help from this guy. Right. All and right. that's that's an important mindset for me because, you know, I don't want to go and start making up a, a story. Yeah, because sometimes they can <coughs> And I've seen it a few times where um, in the heat of the moment where official that might not be as seasoned as yourself <coughs> or seasoned like the guys that I named because those are the guys that stick out in my head because I feel like they've, they've been around the game for so long. Um, you know, in the heat of the moment, they could get yelled at, they could get screamed at by somebody, and then all of a sudden just fold, and then now you're making up stuff, and now it's like, whoa, you don't want to get caught into that. Just, mm-hmm. just be real. That's how I say it. Absolutely. So I think about Calhoun, and I think about how long he's been doing it, because he's been doing it, I'd say, 20 years, even before I even stepped to the scene myself. Probably you can say the same thing for yourself, that he's been doing it a long time. Is he your blueprint in terms of longevity? I mean, obviously, maybe not. The athleticism, but just more so the longevity and how he still commands his presence. Yeah, he's uh, he's definitely a flag football legend. I mean, when I first started, um, that's like just my mentality when I came into flag. Even if I do anything, but like we'll just you know stick to the topic at hand. Is like who is the best? When I was seventeen, who is winning? You know, and at the time it was it was him. So it was like, what is he doing? And I just remember just watching him and even playing in leagues indoor. Um, you know, outdoor long outfit football and just literally just walking past the field, just watching him, you could tell that he understood the game, could un- understand reading coverages and just, you know, even till now, he's still dominant. And if he puts a team out there, he's still, you know, it's not going to, you're not just going to roll over his team. So, yeah, I think his, his main, his main move is his quick release. Yeah. And the fact that he can really decoy with his own body. Because I don't, I never know when he's throwing. I'm, I'm always surprised. Like, wow, I, I can't believe he made that throw. Yeah. And then your bread and butter is the, the side slip. Yeah, and I, I just can't believe how accurate you are with that. When when you're basically taking all of your momentum and then just slinging it the other way, it's really, really awesome to watch. Yeah, it's cool. Um, so when I was talking about longevity, do you see yourself playing that long, like uh, into your forties, into your, into your late forties? Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm trying. The mo- the biggest thing right now is just staying healthy. Uh, you know. I've been dealing with like a shoulder injury probably for a little bit over a year now. You, so, you throwing arm? Yeah, mm. yeah. So it's like a shoulder impingement. So I get like cortisone shots now, which is like you know I can't keep doing that forever. But uh, I just played through it. But the, if, you know if my body is still healthy, then yeah, I'm going to keep playing. Um, and I remember I talked to Calhoun about like the shoulder injury, and he said like he had something similar like that, and then all of a sudden it just like went away. So that's why he was able to play because I'm like, how are you fifty? How old? I don't even know how old he is. He's got to be in his fifties. Yeah, like and you're still throwing the ball would zip on it, you know, 40, 50 yards downfield. So, I mean, that's the goal. Okay. I, you know. Now, if, if you do have to bow out in the event that you do have to do that, um, would you ever consider officiating? Oh, that's tough. My next step in, in, in flag is I want to, I want to teach it. I want to teach it to, to all these kids that are out there that are playing now, because it's, to me, it's so, uh, it's so brand new and it's so out there. And I have, uh, uh, two nephews that play. Um, well, they're, they're close family friends. I call them my nephews. Um, and I went down to one of their games and it's like, everybody's just everywhere. And they just have parents that are just yelling things out. And it's like, yep. it's like, hold on. There's definitely something where someone could teach you how to play this game. But mm-hmm. that's my next step. Officiating is a whole, you need to have a whole different type of uh, a head for that. So Yeah, I agree. I agree. Well, I'd say within the past two years, I, I feel as though there's been... Um, a more legitimacy of flag football. 
with the advent of the discovery of the CTE in the NFL, and now the NFL is backing it and they're putting real money into it. There was even a New York Times article where Drew Brees was coaching his own kids. So it's a big, it's a real thing now. And it's even a varsity sport in the city, which I mentioned to you before off air. Yeah. Uh, it's a boys and a girls thing. So, you know, I think it's not so much that it's a, uh, it's, they're trying to capitalize off the growth of it, but I think more so it's, it's another safe alternative as to compared to, to football. Do you think that um, if you can go back in time and you had the option to play flag football and football, you would choose flag football? Yeah, 100%. If it was like available at the time. Um, even probably over basketball. Actually, I don't know. Maybe, maybe not over basketball. I don't know if those two sports conflict. Um, but I would love to have played um, and, and really like honed in skills. But I still don't know like who, what would have like what would I have learned from somebody else at that time that mm. I haven't put together by myself. Yeah. Well, that's because you're a pioneer. It wasn't as uh, developed yeah, when yeah, you yeah. first started, so you're just the victim of, yeah. of the time period. Yeah. Um, where do you see flag football going? Do you think that? I mean, there's been explosive growth since I've known you. Yeah. I mean, do you think it's going to be like the the professional league is here to stay, and that it's going to grow, and it's going to have, you know, maybe 30 teams at some point, and it's playing for for a, you know, four month season. I mean, you know where where I see it going is yeah, I could see it going. I don't know about 30. Um, but I could see something like where the Arena Football League, where you have like eight franchises or something like that, um, only because of what's going on, the transition of what's happening in Pop Warner. Like I played Hawks, Farmer to Hawks tackle Pop Warner. I don't even think they have that anymore. So now if you have these kids that are playing flag all the way up, now you're telling me in high school, like there's, there's going to be something in college and there's going to be something where it's like, hey, listen, now you could play in the, which was right now the AFFL, which I that's what I think will be. You know, going down the line, you'll start seeing that as a professional, like pay, getting paid to play and stuff like that. What is your stickiest situation that you ever had on a flag football field? Any situation, nine-man tournament, five-man tournament, a regular season game, somebody went down. Uh, I would say most recently, um, we had a nine-man tournament and we were playing against main event. And uh, their quarterback was Rakeem Cato, who was from Marshall, who has, like, every passing record from Marshall, like, beat Chad Pennington's record and stuff like that. And this is, like, his first or second tournament in nine-man. So he never played nine-man before. And uh, he was out there. He has an arm, and he has talent, but just the game is different. Right. And usually when I get into these, like I was saying, the reason why I like nine-man so much is because I completely turn into, like, somebody else, I guess, on the field. So we were going back and forth and just talking back and forth and... And at the end of the game, I told him, like, we beat them 21-10. And I just told him straight to his face. I was like, I don't care where you played, NFL, college, D1. Like, there's a food chain out here in flight football. <laughs> and you're at the bottom. I told him he's at the bottom. And he got face-to-face with me. I could have sworn he was going to knock me out. But my teammates were there. So it's one of those type That's of things awesome. where I got saved by my teammates. But definitely a sticky situation. Yeah, yeah. And and I'll always say this is this happens without fail. I, you'll see somebody that goes, oh, I was all county wide receiver, blah, 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 blah. I'm like, that's not the same sport, bro. Yeah. It's not the same sport. You need to unlearn. Yeah. This is not tackle football. And then they, more often than not, they get their ass kicked yeah, just, every time. Yeah, that five-on-five tournament that just that just passed, um, they had like a whole CW Post team that came in. And it's just like, you guys could put all your stuff on. Like, I don't, it doesn't matter. This is different. Like, this is not, like, the best flag football players in the country I can name on my hand. I think maybe one or two of them played like high D1 NFL, right? Like I can name 10 others that I would take on my team because of the flag football experience that they've developed over the years, whether it's in the backyard tournament, 
playing down in Texas all year long or wherever the hell these guys are playing. It's like, it's just a different animal. And that's why I'm saying it's so like freelance. There's no, uh, there's no camps. There's no development. It's just like, who's doing this? Who's made this move up or who's playing this style of football? It's, it's, it's exciting. That's why I think there could be, you know, longevity in it. Yeah. Yeah. What's, uh, what's the absolute best moment that you've ever experienced on a flag football field? Uh, and I know you're decorated, so. Yeah, I mean, pl- two, I would say. Uh, playing on NFL Network this past summer um, was wild. That was really cool. And I'll say I was with yeah. a whole bunch of refs watching it like, yeah. man, this is a weird game. It was weird. It was weird, <laughs> but it was it was a, a really, really fun experience. Like, they, they treated you like professionals, like the interview process, the on-air stuff, like getting mic'd up, like all that. That was really cool. But, but then again, it took me away from the actual moment of the game. Mm. Because it was so like, almost like a show, like a play. It was like, all right, you got 10 seconds. What do you got to say? Like, and it's like, I need to focus on what, how we're going to score a touchdown. And I, I get not, a sense that. Yeah, not yeah. talking to you about what just happened. But that's, that's how they have to make the money. So I understand that. I mean, that was really, really exciting, especially in the flag football world. And then this past um, January when we went down to Orlando and we, the Bulldogs, uh, won the nine man a national championship like that was the highest I said like I have a few goals in flag um, I pretty much reached a lot of them since I've been playing um, then the nine man national championship was one of them and then now the next one is the AFFL championship where you know we came in the elite eight we lost in the elite eight round so you know two more rounds away from winning that so do you think you have a good chance in terms of like uh, you know building up your team and, and making it more suitable for the seven man game now this time around yeah, uh, you know, we still have moving parts. I trust in Chris. He he does a great job with getting the right people. We, we talk all the time about what do we need, what are we thinking. Um, me and uh, another one of my uh, best friends, who's you know one of the great receivers on the circuit and in seven-man and in five-man, Brian Petit, we actually just went we had a dinner the other day, and we were just talking about what can we do differently going into this year's tournament to make us a more of an offensive threat. Because our defense was fine. Right, it was. You know, we, we it was. The team that won the whole thing to 18 points, but we lost 18-6. And, and we were in the red zone a few times, but we didn't convert. And it's like, what can we do? Um, so we have some stuff that we collaborated on, and we're going to try to see what we could do come this year. Cool. Um, what do you think it's going to take to get to where you want to go? Uh, a lot of effort. I like a lot of people don't understand, like... Um, I mean, it's not just roll out of bed and play, like, you know, whether it's going to the gym or, you know, I, I did have a trainer for a little bit that was helping me out as far as, like, motor skills and stuff like that and, and uh, um, going to the field with the guys, throwing with the guys when, it, you know, whatever day one of them are available or two or three guys are available. It's like a lot of stuff. And that's why it's like it occupies a lot of time. But because I I still feel that there's a greater goal that's out there, I still think that there's there's – I guess, you know, it's out there. Like, we could still win something. Um, So that's what's going to keep me going. But for the people that play flag and they look at it like, oh, it's just flag, and they roll out of bed, they'll always just, oh, it's just flag and get rolled on, rolled out of bed. That's fine, which Mm -hmm. is cool. I have respect for that. Like, when people are like, oh, this is flag football, whatever. Listen, stay in your lane because this is, I'm in this lane trying to take it to where it's going to be because you got to project it. So that's how I look at it. Now, what do you think are the attributes that took you, to get to where you are now? Uh, I think being left-handed is one. Um, maybe throw a defense off, you know, especially sometimes. Um, understanding coverages, like 
I might, I might not have played a lot of football, but I've watched a lot of football, like a lot film, regardless if it was on YouTube. Um, you know, I think one of the questions you have for me is like my best investment under a hundred dollars. I don't know if you're getting That's, there. We're getting there. Go yeah. ahead. Um, just to segue into that because it was, um, it's $99. It's on, you could get it on your phone. It's NFL game rewind. Right, so you could watch every NFL game from three different camera angles. You could watch it like your broadcast, like how you watch it. You could watch condensed game film, or you could watch from the um, bird eye cam, they call it, and they show like all different types of like how these coaches scheme. Now, granted, we play five man, seven man, eight man, nine man, so it's not eleven man like how the NFL is, but some of the schemes and the route running and the combinations are you could try to take from that. Um, so learning, always trying to learn, you know. Um, huge fan of Sean McVay and how he runs his offense. Huge, huge fan of like a lot of these guys that are always trying to find little nuances and and um, that's how we try to you know run our offense when we go out there and we play up tempo on the ball. Um, if we see something we like, continue doing it. Right? It's not like uh, I don't just make stuff up. That's why I like football so much. Mm. It's wild. I did want to ask you a question about the Super Bowl, and and you you tell me if if I'm off the mark as referee. Yeah. Um, I was watching Jared Goff's body language that whole game, and he just was not ready for the moment. Hundred percent. You know what I was really disappointed in with him though? It wasn't like um, it wasn't like a John Elway in the beginning situation where they're down forty nine to three. The yeah. game was within the it, it was within reach. Him and Todd times. Gurley, their body language already projected that they were never going to have a chance. And I mean, they were they were right there. Um, do you think his career is over? No, I don't think his I don't think his career is over. I just think that uh if you watch that game, it's like he was getting hit where I think that in a regular season game they would be calling those personal foul, personal mm. foul, personal foul. A few times he was getting thrown down and stuff and it's like now you're on a different stage, veteran ref back there not gonna make those calls. Right. It's like oh, yeah, well, welcome to the show and yeah. he wasn't ready for it. Yeah, so so you think it, it's salvageable? You think next yeah, year he's going to no, come yeah, back? No, yeah, come back. It's just that, like, yeah, you get experience. You know, that's why uh, you can't. You know, for the people who were picking who they thought was going to win, like I, I, you know, I said Tom Brady just because of experience. Yeah, I mean, he has one regular season full of Super Bowls. Yeah, exactly. So, so there's it's just experience, especially like you know, relating back to flag. Like if we play against a team that okay, they might be good, but they haven't been in that situation. That situation will. It doesn't matter how good you are. Like you need to know what, to, how to act when certain situations come. And yeah, and I often think. I mean, I, I just remember one tournament. You guys, you lost the tournament. However, you were down thirteen zero. Thirteen. You had a a disparity of thirteen zero. Okay. And I just remember you had four minutes left, and I just remember the things that you were trying, and you were like, you know what, I'm gonna I'm gonna take that for next time, and I'm gonna figure out like, okay, maybe this worked. And then we, we reached all the way to, you know, 13, 12, and this didn't work and this didn't work. But, you know, I always see your mind working in, in mysterious ways of trying to figure yeah, out different weird. things. It's, I don't know how to explain it. It's almost like, uh, it's like chess. And that's why I like, I, I like to talk to like a Calhoun or talk to, um, you know, somebody on the circuit, nine man circuit, this guy, Mike DeMart, who's, they're very, very, very educated. And you just try to pick their brains because it's not about like you. If I stood in in a row of athletes, you would not tell say to somebody like, "Oh, this kid is very good at flag football." Like mm. You wouldn't even, you know. But that's that's the beauty of it. 
Do you have any final thoughts that you want to say before we close? Uh, no, I, I appreciate it. You know, um, all the leagues that I play in, all the refs that I came across, especially yourself. I know that you came on late, but you're one that sticks out as, as far as understanding the game and, and being more uh, player-friendly, um, which is like that relates, relates a lot to me instead of the ref that's just like a dictatorship and doesn't want to hear nothing mm-hmm. from nobody. Um, I, I like the one where, you know, if it's on the sideline, hey, hey, listen, like, do me a favor, just watch my slot receiver. He's getting held. Okay, cool, no problem. Right? That, so I appreciate you on that aspect. You guys do a great job. Uh, Long Island Flight Football, American Flight Football League, Long Island Legends, uh, Nine Man Football, uh, NS Flag that I played in all those leagues. Um, if I'm forgetting, FFWCT, USFTL, all the leagues that I played in, you know, um, they're all continuing to do a good job. And I appreciate um, not only the, the leagues and not only the um, how they're formed, but like the publicity of how they're trying to get it out there. Um, all the videotapes, all the people that are putting in their time, you putting in your time now to do this podcast. Um, I, I definitely appreciate that because that's the only reason why it's going to project to go where, where I think it's going to go. For sure. Yeah. And, and if, if there's anything, if somebody listens out there, I hope they're encouraged to play flag football and, and treat it like it's a real sport because it is. Yeah, yeah. Uh, especially if you're, you know, 9, 10 years old. Like, I think in the next 10 years, uh, you're going to start seeing it be where it's like four, five, six, seven, eight franchises where they have professional flag football teams, whether it's ex-NFL guys or flag guys or all flag guys or whatever mm-hmm. the case may be. You'll see it um, and just continue just to play and respect the game. I always say that. Just respect the game and whoever you come across. Well, Brian, I appreciate your time, man. I yeah, appreciate Ralph, your thank friendship. You so much. Yeah, yeah, it means a lot. Thank you. Hopefully I see you on the field yeah. very soon. Yeah, yeah, I'll be out there. All right, for Brian, Ralph the Ref, we're out. Peace.